0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Morning, Brian! Hi, Kate Monster! How's life? Disappointing!
1: You're listening to Tony Telecasts from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady.
0: And I'm Aaron Albano. What? No, it sounds stupid. Aw, come on.
1: When I was little,
0: I thought I would be What? A big comedian
1: on Late Night TV. <laughs> Welcome, listeners, to our miniseries about the Tonys, bringing you all the drama behind the drama of a theater season in Broadway history.
0: In each podcast episode, we watch a telecast of a previous Tony Awards, not only the performances, but the opening and the speeches to see how it reflects the season as a whole. So let's start our second half of the conversation about the 2004 Tony Awards. woo Pretty
1: damn smart! You are! Thanks music and art and as you know i have a gigantic
0: heart so why don't i have a boyfriend fuck it sucks to be me. me too america we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights life liberty and the pursuit of happiness at grand canyon university we believe in equal opportunity and the american dream starts with purpose Fiddler on the Roof with a mashup of Tradition and Bottle Dance.
1: Oh, uh, well, first we have Tevye walking through the aisles like he's Santa Claus. <laughs> and
0: then we have Tradition <laughs> and the Bottle Dance. That is such a Radio City Music Hall reference. Mm what do you think of this performance i loved it i but i
1: also love fiddler on the roof fiddler on the roof is arguably one of my favorite if not my favorite show one of my favorite shows in the musical theater catalog
0: oh it is a incredibly well-loved show this is the fourth of five broadway revivals so far Mm -hmm.
1: yeah not even including the all yiddish version that we just had off broadway
0: Right. We it had been on Broadway in 1976, 1981, 1990 and 2004. This is the longest time we'd gone without a Broadway revival of Fiddler. Oh,
1: interesting. Wow. Cuz then and then the fifth one was 2015,
0: correct? Yeah. And uh we saw the original Jerome Robbins choreography for the opening and for the bottle dance. Mm-hmm. Um is is this where I say I don't love Fiddler on the Roof? You can say it whenever you want to. I think it's long and kind of boring. <sighs> How dare you! I I mean like I I I care. I just don't. That's okay. A lot I of people. A lot of people
1: is not. This is not their favorite. And just. They're monsters.
0: I could just use the like twenty twenty like snipped version where we like took out a half hour of it. You what know? would you cut though? Oh my gosh! All of the pauses. Ugh, there's just so <laughs> many pauses. Um, there aren't that many pauses. <laughs> In a good production, there are not that many pauses. Okay, well, then I haven't seen a good production. This is, though, the highlights in my mind. Tradition and Bottle Dance. These are the two numbers I can stay awake for in a production of Fiddler on the Roof. Like, they've oh, done a very... I mean,
1: those are definitely, like, the high-energy pieces of the show. Yeah. I mean, Tradition is, like, arguably as an opening number... It's arguably on par with like a ragtime opening in terms of like establishing the world that we're living in.
0: Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. These are good numbers. Uh, and seeing the original Jerome Robbins choreography, everyone loves a bottle dance. I mean, the bottle like, dance is wonderful. Bottle dance is like special skills before special skills. The bottle, <laughs> accurate. Before they were like, "Hey, do you have any acro you can share, show us?" They were like, "Hey,
1: hey, can you can you dance with a manischewitz bottle on your head, like?" <laughs> And not drop it, like live.
0: What, what I do think is funny is that it's like the two joyous moments of the show, right? Uh-huh. It's like, hey, everybody, let's forget this is about the persecution of Jews, okay? We're just going <laughs> to sure. do happy. But, yeah, but, I, but
1: my favorite
0: character, especially
1: in this dance, is Nahum the Beggar. Because after the bottle dance, he's the one that kicks off the, like, the around the world clap, clap around the world, clap, oh. clap. And he is living his goddamn life like it is like the way he arches his back on his around the world like everyone else is like a sensible straight back like up but like living he is like you'd think he was in footloose he is going for it
0: this is a gentleman who's like i'm on the 20 awards and i am dancing at you he did (laughs) he did extra stretching that day i bet i bet Mm -hmm. He may have even gone to yoga because he was. Let's ready. give a little shout out. We have to give a little shout out. This is Thomas Titone, T I T O N E.
1: Work. He better live in those rags that he wears in that number. Thomas.
0: Oh my gosh, look at all these credits. Um, He was original production, original cast of The Most Happy Fella, my favorite year, a swing on the 1994 revival of Carousel, was swinging Dance Captain on Once Upon a Mattress in 1996. And
1: here he is. Killing it. Killing it. On the 2004 Tony's.
0: Selling tickets with that back. Selling tickets with that back. Second performance of the Carolina Change. Lots white. Carolina Change, lots okay. white. So this is the pinnacle of performances in my mind of not showing off a nominee well. Okay. Because of the vocal health of Tanya Pinkins at the time. Okay. I have not seen Carolina Change come at me, internet. I do not know what the show is about. So I don't know if this is a good representation of the show. But during this performance, a very talented actor and singer is obviously vocally tired and cracks multiple times. It is disappointing, I think, for everyone.
1: See, and here's what's interesting, because before re-watching this telecast, I would have agreed with you. Watching it again? I don't think I agree. Because, listening to it again, I don't think she's as vocally problematic as at least my memory remembered. This is very clearly the 11 o'clock number for Tanya Pinkins. This is arguably Rose's turn of, like it has that kind of strength. It has that kind of power in this show. It
0: absolutely looks like a Rose's turn
1: hmm and watching this as that, there are moments of this number where she has control, she's fine, and I w- would argue that where I think this performance loses its luster is not her singing, it's the camera work. Go for it. Because juxtaposing this with And I'm Telling You from last week, A, And I'm Telling You, we got context. We got the whole scene before. Right. But while we're watching And I'm Telling You, that camera is on Jennifer Holiday the entire time. We get to see her entire journey because the camera does not leave her. It does not leave her face. This number was filled with like sweeps and crane shots and camera moves where I was just like, I don't know what's happening because A, I didn't get the context, but B, I don't even get to see Tanya Pinkins' journey because I'm too busy watching Hmm. like the crane shot going from left to right around her where she's like this speck on the stage. And I'm just like, if this is gonna be the presentation, let me see the performance.
0: What you're saying is that there should have been some Sidney Lucas, Ring of Keys close ups going on here.
1: Yeah, and infinitely more. This camera work is doing a grand disservice to Tanya.
0: You won an Emmy award. But you took down Tanya Pinkins in the process. Was it worth <laughs> it?
1: Accurate. And so that's my takeaway from this rewatch because I didn't get to see any of her performance. But you don't think about that stuff when you watch it the first time and you're like, oh, I don't know what this number is about. It must be the actress's fault, which I don't think is true. The defense rests. Ain't never been no good Finding joy the way you should in wine. Hope's
0: Hope's Third performance of the evening uh, from a little show called Wicked. It is a unknown number called Defying Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I do think if you don't know the show mm-hmm. this explains it well right you'd be like oh there is a green woman she is obviously the wicked Witch of the west i know who she is i know there's a woman called glinda there's a broom there's a cape right they're doing all of the things to help you see that it is a spin on the wizard of oz
1: yeah 100 and i don't even know if that's having to do with this performance and just like the conceit of the show they've
0: done a good job of taking like it's not a number in the show that I watch and go, oh, that's the Tony performance number. But it does a good job of that. I would agree. And I will say, in Ms. Pinkin's defense, there is some vocal trouble from Ms. Menzel in this number. Mm-hmm. Ha- Spoiler alert, uh, Aaron was in Wicked. So, uh, like, mm-hmm. this is also what makes the cherry picker moment iconic, right? Like, I feel... Oh, when speaking of the power of the Tony Awards, the reason that Alphaba with the broom in her hand and the backlighting mm-hmm. is like the iconic visual of Wicked is because of this performance. And I would also say that part of the reason that we don't remember what Carolina Change is about is because they don't give you that visual moment in this commercial. Sure. That we this was the kickoff
1: of like, hey, guess what? Wicked's coming to your town. This is what you're going to (laughs) see. Like, they chose this moment very specifically because it's the wow moment. I remember the first time I watched Wicked, I think was like December of 03 before I moved to the city. And like, no one knew about the cherry picker yet. It was not a thing that people knew yet. And my sister and I bought tickets to go watch it. We sat in the front room mezzanine. And that moment happened and we lost our shit. I remember Adina very vividly. I remember Adina started raising on It's Me, vocally fresh, mind you, coming to my eye level at like the Gershwin balcony. And I was just like, ah,
0: she's flying.
1: I like lost my mind. I would argue that this is what they were going for across the nation. Yeah,
0: they're ready to give you spectacle. And also I would argue that the Tony Awards is ready to give you Wicked spectacle too, right? Because this is not the only flashy moment we see from Wicked in the show. No, not even a little bit. The moment where they fly Kristen Chenoweth in the bubble for like a comedic bit yeah. is wild. She's in it for like a minute. Mm-hmm. Where did this bubble come from? I have so many questions.
1: So So many questions. There's no way they had a show this afternoon and then struck the bubble out of the Gershwin And then brought it to Radio City like down the street and then reloaded it in. Like this is a fresh bubble. Do
0: you think it was tour bubble? I would assume it's
1: tour bubble as well as that cherry picker was tour cherry picker. Mm. I want to say that they built both of them because at the Gershwin, the cherry picker's in the stage. It's not like they were going to deconstruct their set and like bring it over. So I was like, okay, between this bubble and this cherry picker, they were ready to go on tour. Wicked knew what they were doing and Wicked was ready to sell tickets. Where everyone else was like celebrating theater, Wicked was like, nah girl, like (laughs) tickets go on sale tomorrow.
0: Let's talk about Wonderful Town's performance of Swing. Okay. Which starts with this random
1: pre-recorded like outside on restaurant row with
0: the full ensemble on restaurant row with like 15 seconds of pre-number airtime i was like who paid for them all to do this like (laughs) it's all about money for me and i don't understand it it
1: was and it was weird it was like no one else got this yeah okay well anyway continue
0: this is some classic kathleen marshall with some classic, clean, sharp ensemble dancing. I mean, yes. this is like Kathleen Marshall when we were seeing her do Kiss Me, Kate, The Pajama Game, Anything Goes, Nice Work, right, Wonderful Time. They were all sort of like, th- Kathleen Marshall did this kind of show, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this, this is
1: arguably like the kickoff because she won, again, for the first time. <laughs> wow, this is the This is the Tonys that feels both like yesterday and like a long time ago.
0: Loved this, loved this ensemble, and I'm... I want to give a shout out because it features a lot of our friends who are still working. We've got Rick Fogno. We've got Lauren Letero, choreographer of Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Megan Socora, <laughs> Jeffrey Schechter. Like we've got some like high quality like. Veterans. Yes. Veterans of the Broadway stage. Yeah. Dancing very well.
1: Oh, they look great.
0: If you wanna be different. Go to to Assassins, man, what was your first thought when you were watching this performance of everybody's got the right from the Assassin's (sighs) Revival?
1: My first thought was, wow, watching this in 2020, this number is chilling as fuck. There are so many guns. Just an all-white cast happy with their guns. And I was just like, yo, I don't know, man. Which again, it, and it's and it's awkward because I know this show. I know this is a wonderful show. But like just watching it in this cultural moment, this is a lot. <laughs> I don't think I need
0: this. It's a lot to watch a lot of white people point guns at you. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's very uncomfortable. I was like, yeah. I yeah, sure. Do we need it? Like, like I don't know if I want to. I mean,
1: and again, at the time, this was in the middle of, like, George W. Bush's, like, at the end of his first term, unbeknownst at the time, going into his second term. And
0: this revival was supposed to be done in 2001 and was postponed after the September 11th attacks. Oh, interesting. It's like a show there's never a good time for.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, but, like, it's better, better. What is that word? But, like, back then, because of the events of the day... American patriotism was very high. Watching it in 2020, sitting here, where arguably American patriotism is not so high.
0: Particularly among theater goers, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was rough. It was rough. Whoever does a revival of this next, after this cultural moment, is going to have a job to do.
0: Well, it was scheduled to be a classic stage company earlier in two thousand twenty. So I guess we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes.
1: Man, I'm already distressed. <laughs> like, distressed about talking about the show, and it's a great show. But it's just like, it's it. It, it was a rough watch. The boy next door.
0: In terms of lighter fare, um, yeah. the boy from Oz. We have host <laughs> Hugh Jackman singing The Boy Next Door.
1: Broadway delight, Hugh Jackman.
0: Is there a, I didn't see this show. Is there a scene in the show where he performs from Radio City? Because he is definitely mentioning that he is at Radio City. 100% not no.
1: Like, 100%. Well, not 100%. I did see the show. I'm going to say like 90% no. So this the, was a full like production for the Tonys. Like, we weren't showcasing the show. We were showcasing Hugh.
0: Yeah, I got that feeling because we only saw Hugh and I would guess maybe the band from the show and three backup singers. Mm-hmm. So this is a terrible showcase for the show and yet is perhaps the most enjoyable number to watch. Come at me. <laughs> Well,
1: he was unencumbered by a time limit. That's for sure.
0: Oh, for sure. The non-time limit section is he goes out into the audience. I assume this happened in the show. He brought someone up from the house and like, did a moment no that wasn't a thing No, oh my god this gosh. isn't a
1: thing this is literally a tony award special
0: okay like. so he, he comes out into the audience he picks sarah jessica parker to come up on to like the the little mini stage the mini yeah. stage and gets her to like do dance moves with him and
1: she is in her own personal nightmare it is
0: honestly great tv <laughs> Uh The moment where she's like covering her eyes. No, she's like closed her eyes. She's covering up her chest because she very clearly is afraid that she's going to pop out of the like Uh corset top of her ballerina inspired. Uh uh, And she
1: mentions like the wardrobe malfunction from JT
0: and Janet Jackson.
1: Jackson, Yeah. Where she's like on this network, we can't
0: have it happen again. It was one of the most enjoyable like, this is real. Like, we are really watching this moment. Between that yes. and the LL Cool J, Carol Channing part, I was like, this is fun.
1: This was great. I mean, but it was great TV. It was absolutely great
0: TV, 100%. What's the show about? Unclear. It's about... <laughs> it's about you! It's about Hugh Jackman winning a Tony Award. Fantastic. It's not Hugh. Yes. Our final...
1: Avenue Q, It Sucks to be Me. Ah. <sighs>
0: Avenue Q is a show for Republican administrations. It starts out with a question and answer where... I hate you. Brian asks, how's life? And Kate replies, disappointing. <laughs> I was like, I'm here. We're here, folks. <laughs> uh uh-huh. A show for 2020. Brian says, it, it sucks to be broke and unemployed and turning 33. And I was like, it does. accurate other than feeling wildly topical what was your interpretation of this performance
1: this was definitely the show this season that was like the odd man out in every way like everything else was like glitz and glamour camels cherry pickers like all these things and this one was like puppets where you could see the puppeteers Everything about it just, like, hit, like, in the most nostalgically beautiful ways. And then on top of it being hysterical.
0: Right. We see Jeffrey Seller, one of the producers, when it wins for Best Musical, saying, Thank you, Broadway, for voting for your heart. Yeah. Which, he emphasizes the word heart, which made me go versus... Cherry pickers and bubbles. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. For someone who, like, liked Avenue Q a lot, has not listened to Avenue Q in 10 years, watching this performance, Mm -hmm. I was like, this... Weathers well. This yes. is a good show and a good Tony performance.
1: What? It's a wonderful Tony performance. It tells you what the show's about. It features all of its characters. And they all get good laughs. You, you feel like you have a good time. Like, my favorite takeaway from watching this again, watching it again and watching it now without the drama and, like, the assumption that Wicked was going to win. Honestly, we should have known.
0: Well, it's interesting that Wicked was the presumptive winner because it was the big juggernaut that would tour well, mm-hmm. that families could go to. And now when we think about what wins best musical, it's really small musicals that win best musical. Yeah. It's Dear Evan Hansen. It's The Band's Visit. It's Hades Town. Yeah. Like small musicals triumph. And this was sort of the start of that, I feel.
1: I feel like that's right. Well, and especially this is the one that was like, had this stayed off Broadway, everybody would have been happy. But it was just that good that they were like, let's bring it to the, where were they? The Golden? Yeah. Let's bring it to the Golden and just see what happens. With all of these newcomers, it's truly where the show sort of stands on its own. These people, Stephanie DeBrugeo, Jennifer Barnhart, John Tartaglia, Rick Lyons, these are from like the Sesame Street Muppet world. They're not. They're not part of us, and yet, like, they made the best theater this year. Yep, it's great. It and like, we should have known. <laughs> That's my point. We should, we should. have known. It sucks to be you on Avenue Q. On Avenue Q. Sucks to be you on Avenue Q. You. On Avenue Q. It sucks to be us, but not when we're together.
0: We're together here. All right. It's time for our Yelp review. Let's do our Yelp review. Our non-sanctioned Yelp review. Somo, which performance made
1: the show look better than it was?
0: I'm going to go with Fiddler because it showed you all the high-octane parts and none of the boring parts, which is most of the show. <laughs> but maybe you convinced me that it's actually the boy from Oz now that I've learned that what we saw was not actually from the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, because my answer is 100% boy from Oz because... Hugh Jackman, the musical looks awesome and it would make me want to buy tickets for the Boy From Oz. Having seen Boy From Oz, from what I remember, it's moderate, but Hugh Jackman is fantastic and well-deserved his Tony.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of well-deserved, what made you want to buy a ticket? Which performance made you want to buy a ticket?
1: I would say Avenue Q because the performance was fantastic. But I'd also say Fiddler just because I love Fiddler.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's Avenue Q. It's 100% Avenue Q.
1: (laughs) But Fiddler's great. But yeah, but Avenue Q, probably final answer, Avenue Q. Yes. Which speech moved you the most, Mo?
0: You know, remembering back, I thought it was going to be Jeff Witte because I think it meant something for me as a young homosexual man to see a young homosexual man cry tears of joy on television. Okay. But I was going to say that until I watched Felicia Rashad win for Raisin in the Sun. Because who doesn't want to see their mom win an award?
1: No. Yes.
0: Yeah. The audience erupts. Condola Rashad gets kissed on the cheek by her mom. That is the gift that is going to get me through 2020. (laughs) And then she, with her Felicia Rashad reserve, says, I've often wondered what it takes to win this award. I love that thought that she wanted it. You know, yeah. I think we, yes. we imagine people who are so esteemed don't need awards. And she's like, not, nah, nah, brah. I wanted that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, and then to say that it takes tremendous self-effort and amazing grace. And I was like, see, you said you wanted it, but then you said you get it because of being a good person. That's why you're our mom. And we love you.
1: She's so great. What about you? My answer is the same. Because on top of all of those things, she is the first Black woman to win the Leading Actress in a Play
0: Award. Wait, what? Like, yes. Yeah. I hate our history. Our, our history sucks. <laughs>
1: yeah. In 2004. And so on top of the fact that like, she might have just wanted this as a brilliant actress, she also wanted this because this would be a glass ceiling she'd be able to shatter. Oh. <sighs> And we watched it happen. And it was done by the, like, I mean, on top of the fact that the Allen family is like this family of legends, and they were all literally just sitting right there. Like, not only was Condola Rashad so happy for her mom, Debbie Allen was happy for her sister, and with all joy and nothing else. Like, they were all so proud of her for winning this award. It was so, it it was beautiful. And then on top of that, like, Again, watching in a way that only Felicia Rashad could do, there was equal parts like gratitude and movedness, as well as still poise and grace and elegance. Like it was, it it, it was a spectacular moment. Yeah, biggest surprise win.
0: Honestly, Jeff Witte over Tony Kushner. I think not that. Yeah. that- avenue q book isn't inventive but just like tony kushner is an icon of playwriting you know like yes. this is the writer of angels in america and he wrote oh yes yeah it is a little shocking
1: oh no i agree 100 mine was the same but like even more so because both jeff witty and bobby lopez and jeff marks won over tony kushner and janine tesori like talk about two icons of not even musical theater just theater in general right these are legendary playwrights and composers and Avenue Q one honestly we should have known
0: yes I mean the whole night was like going for Avenue Q so mm-hmm. even though the end is a shocker it yeah it shouldn't have been
1: yeah it shouldn't have like like now that we've now that we know the history we're like oh duh like we should have known we absolutely should have known
0: would you recommend watching? Aaron yes
1: 100% (laughs) would you
0: yes I think this is a quality Tony Awards right Mm -hmm. it feels like a party you've got the Hugh Jackman Sarah Jessica Parker moment which I love (laughs) right you You do love that you you've got a shocking win and even though we disagree it is a good opening number it's it's not my favorite <laughs> but it's a good opening number it's Aaron. the
1: best opening number yeah so same i have many 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 more reasons like an obnoxious person but cuz obviously for the opening i love the opening shout out to nahum the beggar yet again <laughs> because fierce <laughs> like that back was selling tickets and he got my at least second place in my ticket purchasing. <laughs> LL Cool J and Carol Channing, because iconic. You're right. Felicia Rashad, Breaking a Glass Ceiling, because many, all of these reasons are worth watching, but that alone is worth watching. Mm. But the best part, and I will take this to my grave, is, listeners, Mo had never seen this before. I Yeah. yeah. And I definitely not only warned him about it, but then I also, like, screenshotted it and sent it to him after I watched it. If you watch the end, Best Musical, Avenue Q wins, everybody's speeching, everybody's gagging, everybody's screaming. At one point in the show, the camera pans out to a big wide shot of the stage. If you pause it at that moment and look up at the proscenium, there is an LED screen that says in big bold letters, WICKED, right next to the other LED screen that in big bold letters says, Best
0: Musical. Like the wind shocked everyone, even, <laughs> even the, the Tony's, even the guy running projections. <laughs> All right. So at the end of our first half of our 2004 discussion, we selected the 1976 Tony Awards as yes. our final Tony telecast to watch for this mini series. miniseries. Oh, yeah. um, the Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady.
1: And by me, Aaron Albano. Special thanks to Wasif Sammy for the background research on this week's Tony season. There are two great ways you can be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash The And the
0: second is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, do you have a favorite Tony's telecast that we haven't recapped yet and wish we would? Tell us about it in that review and we'll maybe recap it in a future episode.
1: Please follow The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts. On Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. You can also follow us on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Until next time.